Hi, and thanks for joining us for the Future of Mobility podcast. Today's session will explore some of the top trends that came out of the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. These trends include new devices and wearables and next-generation mobile networks, and they all bring big implications to the future of mobility. So C-level executives need to prepare. Today our guests discuss how business leaders can plan for these developments and what they mean to the strategic mobility direction within organizations. I'm your host, Stephanie McCann, and joining me today is Doug Webster. Doug is the Vice President of Service Provider Marketing for Cisco. Doug, thanks for joining. Yep, thank you, Stephanie. I'm also pleased to have with us Chris Nickel, who is Head of Network and Enterprise Research at Analysis Mason. Let's get started. Doug and Chris, from what you've seen at Mobile World Congress, what announcements from the show have immediate impact on the business? Boy, there's so much came out of Mobile World Congress that is such a broad show, but I think one of the key things that, you know, in the short term, the CXOs really need to maybe look at to taking advantage of is just what's going on with devices, whether it's, you know, cheap phones or wearables or kind of the M2M IoT thing. I think there's an, a new opportunity to maybe redo business to some extent where we can take better use of whether it's a tablet or a phone um, or even, you know, a wearable device to, to create opportunities not just to do business more efficiently, um, communicate better, but maybe also open up some new revenue opportunities. Yeah, Kristen, I, I think you, know, you brought up IoT. Boy, I think every single meeting we had, and we had over like 900 of them, that this came up, and, and not just IoT, but really this this extension of it, of, of this whole notion of Internet of Everything connecting you know, data and processes and people along with those things. And I think as we start to look at the industry converging all of these different elements together, it creates a whole new platform of possibilities for for businesses and, and providers alike. And that's that kind of that business orientation of where the technology can take them is really what I think is capturing a lot of the imagination from the customers we've spoken to. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and, and I think it's opening opportunities that we really hadn't even thought about, you know, a year or two ago. Um, I, I had a meeting with one of the, the CTOs of a, a multinational mobile network operator, and I just happened to ask him about the wristband he was wearing, and he got all excited, grabbed a smartphone. It, it was this, you know, app to help track how many steps he had taken, kind of a fitness thing, and he showed me how he was connected to, you know, a group of people, you know, connected wirelessly to a group of people, and they were comparing how they were doing on their fitness trends, were they, you know, taking enough steps, going far enough. You know, so that that immediately was a little community of just people that were urging each other on to attain, you know, their goals. You know, that's a corollary that businesses could use in, in other areas as well. Yeah, and the fact that we were in uh, Barcelona, we had an opportunity to speak to the deputy mayor there. And there, Barcelona is one of the most connected cities in the world, right? They take the fact that they host this this mobility event pretty seriously. Uh, they've even gone so far as to connect like trash cans to the internet, and so that they actually can be more efficient in going to pick up the trash cans only when they're full or they need to be picked up. And it, it was able to have uh, greater efficiency of operations. They've done the same thing on, on parking spaces and, and others. And I think that's just one example of how it can help uh, cities or governments. But um, you, know, you start extending that over into societies 
in terms of enterprise businesses as a whole, and the the number of these new opportunities is incredible. We're talking to some financial companies about blending your location data from your cell phone to credit card usage, because um, if your cell phone is right next to where you're doing a credit card usage, there's a greater chance of fraud. Um, we're even doing such things as connecting vines in uh, in Italy right now, and I'm trying to figure out a way if I can make a, a customer visit on that one um, there. But it's, this is a way to kind of help uh, you know increase the effectiveness of actually growing the grapes for the wine. Yeah, yeah and, and I've also seen opportunities for enterprises that have the mobile workforces. So it's the, the repair shops or service shops. It's you know delivery services, you know the mail services. Um, I've actually even heard of an opportunity to use trash trucks to pick up data from smart sensors um, on people's houses um, because they make a regular run. Uh, you know exactly where they're going, and they're close enough to the buildings to pick up the sensor data. Um, but when you can start mapping the intelligence you've collected, you know from these sensor points, you know from this data, you can start seeing are there clusters of problems uh, originating, or if you get people on the road real time. Where's the congestion? Um, Volvo has announced that they're doing a partnership with the Norwegian Public Roads, and they're collecting, or they will collect data from each of the Volvo vehicles on road conditions. Are they, you know, at speed? Are they, you know, are the roads slippery? Are they wet? Um, you know, and provide that data kind of back into a central database to help either manage congestion control or, you know, something that you were just mentioning, Doug. You know, maybe that's where you need to send trucks out to either repair the road put down sand or ice uh, in case it's slippery or something. But it, it's making much more use of you know, the, the globalization of data, kind of the big data that we keep talking about, uh, but do it in a different way than we've been thinking about in the past. Yeah, and all these different elements kind of throughout the whole ecosystem then are able to contribute to, to a greater good. Right? I, that, that's why I think the whole notion of, of SPs, uh, enterprises, even public sector, they all to, to benefit from this, you know, enterprises now they can advance their business with much more efficiency, and it really sky's the limit. Where if you start looking at a business outcome and then working on the technology backwards to help solve the problem, um, governments can take advantage of it uh, a great deal in terms of greater transparency, greater efficiencies. In fact, Barcelona is one of the few cities that actually has a surplus uh, right now, and then. Uh, certainly, there are great opportunities for service providers who sit at the center of it all to help foster these different interactions between the ecosystem members. So, and then that's why I think mobility is such an exciting space because it sits right at, um, you know, it's the fastest growing sector within the industry, but also it's becoming just inherent to the networking experience as a whole. And um, uh, we're no longer just looking at technology, but more what these business outcomes can be. <laughs> yeah, I know. I certainly left uh, enough euros uh, back in Barcelona, so I'm, I'm absolutely not surprised that they're running a surplus. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but to your point, it's no longer just about a cell phone call or accessing the Internet. I mean, we really are seeing the globalization um, of communications, and, and a lot of it is due you know, to the wireless technologies, both cellular and, and Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi has a huge impact. You know, the, the fastest-growing regions, you know, Asia Pac and in the Middle East um, are providing some new challenges, and, and that's where I think some of the other things that came out at Mobile World Congress really came into play is, is trying to address not just the developed nations, not just Korea, Japan, 
the United States, Canada, you know, England, Spain, France, you know, Germany, so on and so forth, but actually now getting into, you know, the full global picture. And, and that's where I see an awful lot of good things happening, you know, over the next 10 years. Uh, in fact, I think a lot of the, um, the, the citizens in the, uh, in the developing world, their first time they're going to get access to the Internet is going to be on a mobile device. You know, mobility is going to be more ubiquitous than even electricity. And, and that's, that provides, I think, a great opportunity for businesses looking to extend their audience. Uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for advertisers. Um, and it's uh, certainly uh, just a great benefit to their individual lives as well. And now I'm going to go back quite a few years here, but I remember when Cisco was first putting in kind of the enterprise networks um, into some of the insurance offices, and they had to change how they did business to take advantage of the fact that they no longer had to hand fill or type out forms, but now they could actually type the data onto a computer and hit send and send the, the information into the central database for processing, not just mail the documents or fax the documents. You know, the, Doug, to your point, the developing world is going to you know, come right into communications with probably megabit services on multimedia devices and smartphones and tablets and things. And they're going to leapfrog, I think, very quickly from an economic, uh, an education you know, background, um, develop a lot faster, I think, than kind of has happened historically. And, and a lot of it is just because of the advanced capabilities of this wireless networks and, and technology. Right. They're able to not only learn from others, but as they're deploying these out, they're leapfrogging past some of the uh, traditional or what's sometimes referred to as legacy technologies. And as long as they adopt their business processes to go along there to take advantage of the full gain and enables, then that, has, that provides nothing but, uh, but upside. Yeah, absolutely. And, and being connected means they have access to the global marketplace, not just the local marketplace. And, and that's certainly going to provide economic gains you know, for local businesses, but you know, the developing countries as a whole. You know, one of the um, things that we were seeing a, a whole lot of uh, activity on as well was around this whole notion of uh, of wearables, and that is something that is, um, boy, it seems that just about everyone is talking about it, and you were talking, gave some instances of it as well. One of the things that we're thinking of in the future and that we're tracking through our, our visual networking index is the uh, how you can take that a step further and actually start getting into uh, ingestibles about look at the advances that some of this new technology can have in, in the fields of medicine. Um, what are some of the other uh, fields that you think are particularly going to be uh, prone to benefit from uh, from wearables or or other Internet of Things? Boy, you know, I, I think on the wearable side, one of the ones that should have a, a fast benefit and kind of an immediate benefit is all around e-health. So the ability, whether you're diabetic, you have a cardiac condition, um, or some other uh, you know, medical condition that requires fairly consistent monitoring, um, that being able to put that into a wearable sensor should enable you know, people who are afflicted with these conditions to have much greater mobility, much greater freedom. Um, perhaps they'll even be able to get out of managed care facilities, which hopefully will help reduce health care costs. Uh, they might be able to return to work, you know, contribute to the economy. 
So this is where I think wearables have a, a huge opportunity to have a, a fairly immediate impact um, on. Now, those are developed opportunities, you know, developed market opportunities. But think about what might happen if you can put wireless networks into emerging markets. And now you can extend healthcare out without having to send a doctor out into the remote reaches of, yeah. you know, of a country. Um, but you can still monitor the health um, of the people there, do it remotely, and potentially, you know, communicate back and forth uh, if there's problems arising or, or even to prevent problems. So I, I think e-health is, is one of those big areas of opportunities that we're just barely tapping into. Yeah, well, it shows that, um, you know, one thing about this industry, it's never boring, right, because it does have such an incredible amount of, of opportunity as a, as a whole. Um, one of the activities, one of the other uh, topics that I know you and I were able to touch base on while we were, while we were in Barcelona was around the, this whole growth of 5G as a whole. Um, where do you think that's going to be going? Because I think if you start looking in the developed world, um, uh, the way there's, there's a lot of people think that 4G is, is ubiquitous, but uh, it still looks like there's a ways to go, especially in some places such as uh, India or other parts of the globe. Yeah, and, that, and that's something we all have to be really careful of, and, and I all have to watch myself, you know, particularly, you know, being in the U.S. and, and having, you know, seven different LTE operators to, to choose from. It, it's harder to remember that, you know, when you go to Malaysia and, and Thailand, China, you know, Africa, the middle, some places in the Middle East, you know, you, you don't have that 25 meg or, or 30 megabit, you know, connection to your phone. Uh, it's not not quite ubiquitous, but um, what I do think that we're seeing, you know, especially with 5G, is we're in the very early days of understanding what we want 5G to be. You know, we're, I think we're maybe not quite halfway through deploying LTE, and we're seeing the phases of LTE come in. So we had the initial launch, Telesumera, you know, then Verizon, and, and now we've kind of gone fairly global with, with LTE in general. But even now, we're only starting to see what I'll call the second generation of LTE, so LTE Advanced coming into play in speeds moving from 50 megabit to 150 megabit and even 300 megabit. You know, now that Qualcomm and Altair and, and Broadcom are making announcements about chip support and device support for these faster services. And we haven't even approached, you know, the, what I will think of as the next generation of LTE after that where we get into 100 megahertz channels and gigabit services. And, and when I look at a gigabit service, you know, now I'm thinking about, you know, for an enterprise, let's say, an office in a box, where as long as I have power, I can plug in a Femtis cell or a small cell. I've got cellular connectivity for my smartphones. I've got Wi-Fi. Um, but I've got a big enough backhaul connection that I can effectively and efficiently run a business completely on a wireless uh, infrastructure. So that's where I see LTE, you know, is still kind of has a long ways to go. Um, and I haven't even approached what's going on with, with 5G yet. Yeah, I, I think it's there's so many new business opportunities that come about. And when we first rolled out 4G and then there was, we saw a, a TV camera crew that instead of having to do massive satellite uplinks, we were able to have just effectively a little pack on the back end of the camera uh, where it's it's 
providing these whole new opportunities. And I think that's really going to be the challenge for our industry is not just to be focused on the technology, but rather, rather how that technology could be applied to, to not only solve current business problems, but uh, address even the, the new opportunities that, that are on the horizon, that some of which we may not even have conceived yet. Yeah, so definitely. Mobile World Congress certainly showcased some great mobility trends. This has been very interesting. But what do you think we can expect from next year's event? I, I think next year we're going to be seeing even more of these business outcomes. Based on the amount of discussion that we're having, people are going to be looking at these use cases on how it can affect their business, whether it's it's more on a retail or healthcare that we talked about, uh, this whole notion of connecting transportation and examples that Chris had. I think it's going to, the discussions are going to be even more business-oriented than technology-oriented. And no question on the technology side, there's going to be a great deal um, continued discussion. Uh, I would expect 5G to, to be top of mind because it's the new thing, but uh, like Chris, I agree that we still have a whole lot more to go within the 4G side. Um, this whole notion of, of Wi-Fi and small cells coming together and how the enterprise and service providers can actually work together to have a better outcome for the enterprise, greater productivity, it's a better experience for the users, and, of course, it's a new monetization opportunity for service providers as a whole. Um, so I think those things, along with this whole notion of what features can be virtualized and, and which ones will be physical and how they all need to work together in a coherent architecture will be the uh, the main drivers. And I also don't expect to be surprised with a couple other great new innovations that we may not necessarily see now, but thankfully someone in the industry is working on. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, the technology is maturing to the point where I think operators and enterprises are really starting to understand how they can deploy it, uh, not just to solve the simple problems of, of basic connectivity and coverage, but now what can we do with it? So this is where I, I agree with you, Doug, that the business models I think we'll hear a lot more of next year, the monetization opportunities. Some of it is still going to be forward thinking. You know, voice over LTE is, is in just its infancy from a worldwide perspective. Um, we really haven't pushed video over LTE very much yeah. yet with EMBMS. I think that represents an opportunity as well for different types of business models and things. Um, but I do think we'll see a stronger focus on now that we have the connection, how do we monetize it, even as you know, a faction of the market is looking, you know, what's, what's going on with 5G, 5G and what's next. Uh, but that's the discussion where I think we're going to be talking about, you know, till the end of the decade. Yeah, fully agree. Well, and lots of good opportunity. Well, thank you both for sharing your insights today. This uh, Mobile World Congress seemed like it was a very fascinating event. Oh, it's a pleasure. Always, always happy to. And uh, and Chris, as always, it's a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. Thanks, and and Doug, always good to to talk to Cisco and and just find out where you think the market is going and, and compare notes. Uh, it, it's a very exciting time to be in the industry. And I, I think it's funny that, you know, this whole conversation, you know, we haven't talked about routing once. And you, you go back a couple of years, Cisco was the router company. Um, but like the market, um, you know, the company's moved on and, and we're no longer focused just on the connectivity. Now we're focused on what do you do with it. Very valid point. For more on where the mobile industry is heading, join the conversation with hashtag Future of Mobility.